0: The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. Your host, Steve Heisler, creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center, has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 30 years and is bringing you answers to your questions. This is the Injured Senior Podcast.
1: Greetings to all in the injured senior community, and I hope all is well. This is Steve Heisler, CEO and founder of the National Injured Senior Law Center, and you are listening to a brand new edition of the Injured Senior Podcast. The Injured Senior Podcast is a show dedicated to discussing medical and legal issues of vital importance to the injured senior and elderly population as well as their families, loved ones, and caregivers. We are sponsored by the National Injured Senior Law Center. They are the advocates for seniors and the elderly who are harmed by the negligence of others. Serious injuries to seniors and the elderly can rip their world wide apart, and medical expenses from the injuries can rob them of their life savings if you believe that you have been harmed by someone's negligence like a medical professional or nursing home go to www.injuredseniorhotline.com or call 877-228-4878 to get some help today we have dr pamela teaster with us to talk about public guardianships and whether it is in the best interest of incapacitated people now dr teaster my friends is a professor and director of the center for gerontology at virginia tech university that's right the Hokies she is the co-author of the book public guardianships in the best interests of incapacitated people hello dr teaster or as i've been instructed from this point on pam how are you pam
2: Hi, I'm fine, Steve. Thanks
1: for having me. I'm really glad to have you here. Uh, You definitely have uh, a long history of some uh, really, really great work in the area of uh, elder abuse as well as public guardianships. So can you tell our listeners what exactly is a public guardianship?
2: Okay, That's a, it's a great question. And it's really the first question when you talk about public guardians. So um, public guardians are guardians of last resort. And that's the most, that's the most important thing to understand about them. So when a person is deemed to um, lack capacity, and that would be a, a, a determination by a court, then that person would have, that person, if he or she has no responsible or willing person or appropriate person to make decisions on his or her behalf, like a surrogate decision maker, then the state is appointed as the guardian. And that is what makes it a public guardian. Those are in each state. They're generally a little bit different in each state because of the various statutes, because guardianship is a creature of the courts and states. So, it's it's the state guardian of last resort.
1: Okay. Now, yeah, you know, this is the injured senior podcast and our listeners are mostly seniors and the elderly as well as their uh children and uh caregivers. Does do public guardianships mostly uh occur with seniors and elderly individuals who might be deemed incapacitated or uh how much of the public guardianship uh arena uh is actually involving uh, getting guardianships over uh, the senior and elderly population.
2: So the work I do has indicated that most, more guardianships are for older adults than for younger.
1: Okay, and why is that? You think
2: the reason that we would get a guardianship, you know, for example, might be because of um, a head injury, a stroke, dementia depending, maybe mild cognitive impairment that is exacerbating. Also, if people have um, uh, mental illness sometimes and can't make decisions, sometimes because they have developmental or intellectual disabilities, and this is all stuff that can that can get, um, you know, that can worsen over time as a person gets older. Some don't, but some do, and so uh, more older adults than younger adults tend to be in public guardianship programs across the country.
1: Okay, so does that mean that the Seniors or elderly who become wards of a public guardian or become wards of a public guardianship—does that mean that uh, that you said it's the last resort? Does that mean that they don't have any family or that there's no one else to take care of them?
2: Yes, that's that's what that would mean. If if there could be an identified another identified person who would come forward, we wouldn't need to have a public guardian. Um, And sometimes. Later on, that person does come forward, and then um, the public programs then change who the guardian is, and, and another more appropriate person would be that. We, we would assume mostly that a family member or a trusted friend would be a better guardian than the state guardian simply because they would know that individual and his or her preferences. Same thing for, you know, you know appointing a power of attorney, for
1: example. Right. So, of the total amount of guardianships and i know you can probably only give us a ballpark figure mm-hmm. but for all the total public guardianships any type of guardianships in the country about how many of them would you say are are public guardianships
2: ah oh, steve you're getting into territory <laughs> i can't answer exactly but i okay um, because nobody knows how many people are under guardianship in any state in this country however right. the assumption is that that public guardians are a small fraction of the the number of, of guardianships in the country, which are what we would call private attorneys do them, family members are guardians. They're a small fraction of that.
1: All right, so it's not uh, it's not really a large amount of uh, of the total total guardianships. In your best guess, um, right.
2: And we wouldn't want now, it to be because again it's it would it's truly to it truly should be a guardianship of last resort
1: could you just give a brief history of how public guardianships came about um
2: <laughs> sure but it's a long time ago so right. actually um this really is a has its derivative in english common law um and so you, you will understand the uh, focus on the sovereign and understand the focus on movement of property. So the sovereign had a tremendous interest in moving property from one generation to another. And so the genesis of it was um, to take care of subjects of the realm. And um, and so in that way, then uh, people would have someone who would take care of them, like the sheriffs, um, who would take care of a person who... Um, maybe had mental illness or some kind of dementia, even in those particular times, back in, really back in the middle ages. In Virginia, that's my home state, back in the early 90s, we still had sheriffs serving as the public guardian. um, And it was not until the late 90s that our own state developed a system of public guardianship that was housed in the Department of Aging and Rehabilitative Services. The derivative of it is, you know, is right there in Virginia, for example.
1: So, are you saying that in the 1990s that the sheriffs would be the ones that took care of their uh, bank accounts or or paid their bills or looked after the uh, you know the the wards the you know the individuals who were under public guardianship?
2: I I am saying that in the early 1990s up through mm, at least 1998. Um the, that the, that was what the sheriff's did. Yeah, so they were the fu- the public guardian in Virginia until the, the the program was created that I mentioned.
1: Wow. All righty. It well, is wow. Well, uh, but you yeah, see I why?
2: Just, I mean, I think it's um I think it's sort of a fork dropper at a lunch table, but um, <laughs> uh, understanding the history of it would tell you why it was housed in that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see a sheriff's uh, car uh, pull up and you're wondering if he's coming there to arrest, uh, <laughs> arrest you or take you to your doctor's appointment. You know, it just, it's just kind of, you know, mm. well, it, it's good that, uh, that that's not the, the case anymore. I don't, I don't know if that's the best use of our, it, I of think our it is resources. Thing. Someone wanted to contact you to maybe discuss some of the issues we talked about today. What's the best way to reach you?
2: I think the best thing to do would be able to, one of two things, one would be to call the Center for Gerontology at Virginia Tech. And all you have to do is look on a website for the at Virginia Tech Center for Gerontology and there it will be. And our wonderful operations coordinator will find me and uh, get me a message. The less reliable, although possible, uh, thing to do is you you can easily Google me. There I'll be. Some picture, who knows how many years ago, but I probably (laughs) still look like that. If you can find my email address, you're welcome to email me. Once in a while, I lose them because I get a lot of them. So that's why I would say if you have a burning question, call because I know my uh, operations coordinator will get to me with that less reliable but still i get about three or four hundred emails a day i'll usually get to as many as i can in a day
1: three to four hundred emails to the gerontology department no to me just to you yes wow well that's about uh three to four hundred more emails than i get
2: less than you (laughs) yeah
1: well, yeah, you've been, you've been doing this a long time, so I guess that's a, that's a testament to, uh, to your good work. People, they want uh, to get some good information, and you're the person to see about that. All right, Pam. Well, uh, thanks again for being on the show, and uh, we're going to have you back soon.
2: Steve, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Keep doing your good work.
1: I uh, appreciate it. Uh, injured Senior and Aging Population Community, Thanks for listening to today's episode. I want to, again, thank Dr. Pamela Teaster for appearing on the show today. She did a wonderful job and just, just, you know, so much great information. Uh, If you love the Injured Senior Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Uh, If you want to share a story that you have about guardianship or any type of elder abuse, we would be happy to talk to you and uh, possibly have you come on the show to tell us about your experience uh, or if you just have any suggestions or suggestions or comments about the show, you can email me at Steve at injured senior uh, I definitely respond to all emails and would love to, uh, to chat with you or, or exchange uh, emails. So until next time, I am so looking forward to next week's show, my friends. It was so great to spend some time with you. Stay safe, and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Injured Senior Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us at InjuredSeniorPodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. To find out more or to get help at any time, visit InjuredSeniorPodcast.com or call 855-622-6530. That's 855-622-6530.